On this week's episode, we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of THC by switching places. B will tell you the true story of the Perrin family haunting and the real-life paranormal adventures of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Then I will provide a drunken review of 2013's The Conjuring. So grab your Bible and your holy water and meet us in the pod shed. It's a celebration. We're drinking mini bottles of Prosecco and talking about hauntings. everyone welcome back to another episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah this is your host bailey none other <laughs> happy anniversary b ding 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 it is our one year anniversary if you're new around here around <laughs> i'm also a little drunk if you're new around here and not on our instagram it is our one year anniversary and it's our one year anniversary to, to the day this day incredible one year ago we were doing exactly what we're doing now which is sitting on my bedroom floor next to the air conditioning we're going old school what is this june 26th yes so yeah we decided it's too hot for the pod shed back then a year ago i had thought that we needed to be on my bedroom floor with like blankets around us Mm -hmm. to make it soundproof I was incorrect. Mm-hmm. We didn't need that, but we thought we'd sit on the floor again tonight just for fun. Memories. What are we drinking, B? Well, let's pop a bottle. <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs> pop of a miniature prosecco that I got just for the occasion, hoping we could pop it live on air. But apparently, they just look like pop tops but it's really a twist off which i respect much more on brand for any us. other day i i'm gonna want the twist off but yes. i just yeah you I wanted, wanted the noise mm-hmm, i did but if only we had a can of biscuits for that pop yeah <laughs> or that wine we got remember that wine we had one episode where yes. we thought it was going to be a twist off and then ended up being a cork and, and we, had we to figure pushed it out it into the bottle because yeah. we didn't know what else to do so anyways very on brand for us is the twist off champagne bottle which i've never seen before wait is i guess that's not champagne right right because if it's in california it can't be champagne it has to be sparkling wine Mm -hmm. or prosecco Prosecco. but it is our one year anniversary and we would never have anything from france it is only from northern california i actually prefer prosecco because i always like a very dry anything so amen sister pass it on over it is my birthday weekend, so I've already been out to dinner with my husband, so I'm already drunk. You bitch, you're cunty. I'm cunty. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm pretty cunty, just in general in life. Happy early birthday. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Hey, hey. Don't die on the bubbles. <laughs> it's not the bubbles. I, like, breathed in a big breath of air conditioner. Stop trying to breathe. <laughs> it's overrated. Okay, so our one-year anniversary. This is so exciting. I really, really think you guys should go to our Instagram to check out some pictures from the past year, which made me laugh so so hard. hard. What the... I was looking at them, and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? It's so... I had had an existent... What is it? Existential? I had one of those crises. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Nick's brought it up a few times like 
how the fuck during a panini do you guys <laughs> decide to come up with an excuse where you get blacked out drunk? Yes. Talk about murder. Yes. And Horror Bailey movies. gets to dr- dress up. Yes. Weekly. He's like, what the fuck? Listen, I don't want to take all the credit, but it was my it, idea. Uh, yeah, you should take Although all the it was credit. B's idea to dress up every week. So though- I, I take credit for our Instagram following. <laughs> That's right. Those <laughs> pictures of you dressed up over the past year and like but even all the shit where I got into it too, like yes. our Home Alone episode, our Friday the thirteenth episode, all these episodes favorites. where I got in it too. I'm like, we are out of our fucking minds. <laughs> You dress like John Wayne Gate or dress like a clown. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. So I asked you guys <laughs> to comment some of your favorite moments on Instagram. Well, I pull up our IG. Bailey, why don't you tell them what's one of your favorite moments? What's something that sticks out that you just giggle at? All the time you trying to ask me questions about like math or <laughs> history or reading like literature. That is pretty funny. That or like. Should- how distance anything like geography anything anything like that because it's very much us like it it takes me back to our old school friendship days like in spanish class where you're cutting round flashcards and whatever <laughs> but that's it that's us that's and now what. i cut straight lines for a living so mm-hmm. figure that out right um i would say uh, um, being on mushrooms in the pod shed around Thanksgiving really was, hits home. Which I was, I was gonna recommend tonight, but I'm like, you're already too deep. And no, yeah. I'm good. Um, our friend has some if we want to. Yeah, you just have to. Where's my phone? In your fucking hand, <laughs> bitch! Oh my god! I'm, t- I'm like, I could text Lou because I told him I'm like, he's all so and so wanted to come hang out, but I told him I was hanging, like, we were going out to dinner it's for your birthday anniversary. But I was, he, he's all, but he said that he had mushrooms, but I was like, oh, I'm hanging out because it's her birthday. I'm like, well, it is our anniversary though, mm-hmm. so maybe. Yeah. But I'd say being on mushrooms in the pod shed around Thanksgiving and having like a little panic attack my was mom. really funny. My mom. Your was mom. A moment. I don't know if it was a <laughs> a funny moment. It was, was something. A moment. She was something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So our winning comment on IG that we got was from Brooke, not Brooke. So is she Brooke or is Ooh, she not? Or Brooke? is she not? Or is it like Brooke with an E? Brooke no E? No, it's oh. just. You're right. Yeah. It's no E, not mm. with an E. Yeah. Uh-huh. B, you are on. Okay. So she says, um, favorite moments, episode 18, one too many barrels, every two seconds. And guess who else John hates? <laughs> Dying at all the wild ass reasons, John hates everybody. <laughs> Which is so funny. I totally forgot about that. Remember, John hated everybody. <laughs> and guess who else you need an excuse to kill? Yeah, that's right. Because he fucking hates these people, too. And then she said, honorable oh. mention, be saying, quote, I don't like magic. Very seriously, <laughs> while wearing a clown suit for the John Wayne Gacy episode. <laughs> I'm dying. I don't. So Brooke with a K, not with an E. Oh, we appreciate you. That amazing. was really, really funny. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird fucking year, man. Oh. All right. So what's going on in our lives? I think we should start. Okay. First of all, let's get this out of the way. We had audio issues last episode for the Watts family episode. I'm upset about it. I'm not happy about it. 
it wasn't there when I was editing the podcast. Um, everything sounded fine when I was putting it together. And then I went to go listen to it to see how it sounded after it was all cut and spliced together. And I uploaded it to all the streaming services and we had a weird mic thing. And I don't know what that was about. Only lasts a couple of minutes. So hopefully people stuck through it and got to the other side of those. It was only like three minutes. It I wasn't think. that long. No, but mm -hmm. I was disappointed was and it was at a pretty important part of the case when we were talking about Chris getting a mistress and yeah. how that all started. So, you know, that sucks. We apologize. I might tinker with it a little bit to see if I can re upload it without the sound problems. I don't know. We can only do so much. Again, a year in, let's remind you, we are at Do It Yourself Podcast. We don't know what the fuck we, we're doing. I literally YouTubed how to do this. So we'll see what happens. That's out of the way. Let's talk about Britney Spears. Holy well, no, shit. No, you can't just fast forward because let's talk about the relevancy of the timing of our episode and what's going on with Chris Watson oh, now. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll cut out the Britney Spears thing. We'll no, just go. because that shit's fucking crazy. Yeah. That was like just hit this week. We dropped the that Chris Watts episode on Tuesday, Wednesday morning. Yeah. There was an article about his one of his. I think we mentioned on the podcast didn't we, that he had gotten love letters. Yes, and stuff in And prison. you were literally like, girl, if you were writing this man letters, like get, get therapy. therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, then they're doing more than writing letters, people. Yes. And so one of his girlfriends or his main girlfriend or whoever the fuck she is. Went on and did an interview and an article and I, I honestly didn't even read it. No. I didn't even look at it. I don't I don't care what besides, she has to say. Yeah. So besides you informing me in the fucking TikTok that I saw, I don't need to know anything else. Yeah. And I got we multiple people sent us the that same TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, she um, has no volumes. eyebrows, so that's all you need to know about her. And she even says, like, she feels most comfortable in a jail because that's where she would go to, like, visit her father. That's, like, her security blanket is <laughs> Ooh, being incarcerated men. Yeah. Okay. Good luck, you guys. Good luck. God, God bless you. I hope it works out i mean it can't he's in prison forever but but the fact that we've been toying around with when to drop that episode for so long and like we were i know it was that's like so funny, weird not funny doing it for father's day and then boom this shit coming out it's it was crazy like meant to be you know what it's not meant to be another podcast with our name <gasps> you want to talk about that no <sighs> perfect I'm there's another podcast it's only been out since like i think february or something and they have thc was it truly highly true, true high, crime? high crime or something? Anyways, it's two best friends who smoke weed and talk to you about true crime. So, yeah, let us know what that's about, guys. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so upset. They're going to have so many more listeners than us. The, the first thing I said when I saw their little thumbnail tile, whatever, mm -hmm. the, I'm like, they already look like they have their shit more put together than we ever have. Yeah. But I'm hoping that that's why you guys are here. Yeah, listen, we have our loyal followers, and that's all we need. We've been here for a year. It's stayed pretty consistent, the numbers. So we know there are Actually, people... the numbers have gone up. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, we know you guys are coming back. 
That's all we need. And that's really, that's all I was all just a little bummed for. out to see another THC out there. I'm like, oh, man. But listen, maybe they'll get super famous and popular. And then when people like Realize, real THC, yeah. they'll like, you know, we'll have a couple of drop-ins. And isn't it like, fuck, like copying's the greatest form of flattering, but it's, I don't it's think, better said than that. It's like. Yeah, but I don't think they copied us. I think it was just a quinky dink. Do you think they. I don't think we're famous enough for anybody to copy us. Oh, that's a pretty big coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see. Leave a comment. What do you guys think? Do you think they're copying us? Do you think it was an original idea? We'll see. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It just got brought to my attention tonight by my husband, of all people. And I was like, well, that's a thing that's happening. Yep, but we're here. We're here. here, and that's all that matters. As always. Okay, now can we talk about Britney Spears? Please. All right, light your joint. First joint of our anniversary episode. It's a momentous occasion. Um, so we've talked about Britney Spears quite a bit. It was the on mom this e- podcast my mom episode. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and now she's came out in court and talked about how everything we feared but had assumed was correct. That she's almost being held captive at this point. Right. They're over medicating her. They make her. They force her to work. They. She has no access to her money. The forced IUD. She has a forced IUD. She's not allowed to take out. So there's a lot going on there and it totally sucks. It's awful. And I hope, you know, I hope it all works out. Right. So, but that's the thing. It's like, there's been all this speculation for so long and people coming out with what they can only assume to be true based on the facts that they've collected without her being able to speak up for herself. And this is the first time where we're actually, she can actually speak up for herself. Yeah. So we're hearing her confirm these things. And it's just, it's even worse or at least just as bad as what we all suspected. Because there was a lot of criticism of these documentaries. Like, well, you guys don't fucking know. Like, if she's not putting her name behind it, this is all hearsay. Yeah, well, and it would she all... can't ahead. fucking put her name behind anything. She's a prisoner. Well, and they would always be like, um, there would always be like a statement from, air quote, from Britney that she was like, remember, she was like sad and disappointed and embarrassed that that's how she was being portrayed in the documentary. Right. But then Britney Spears also posted that bathtub Instagram with the roses Uh and the documentary. Everybody's (coughs) being interviewed in front of a wall of roses. Suggested very different. So, Mm. yeah, we know what's been going on. Even those like, (coughs) wow, those super loopy, like weird Instagram posts because she's on fucking lithium, like high doses of lithium. I know. It's crazy. Girl, everyone supports you. You've got nothing but support, but the system's so fucking broken. We'll see what happens. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of momentum behind her right now. So mm-hmm. if ever anything's going to happen, mm-hmm. now is the time. Okay, so for our one-year anniversary, I did order us an anniversary present, but it's not going to be here until next week. Well, good, because I have mine. <gasps> hey! <laughs> great minds think alike. But as always, real quick before you pull it out, before I pull it out. Hey, girl. Um, Here it is. Once again, this is me and B in a nutshell. We both had the same great idea. My idea came to me two days ago. So now my shit is going to be late. Bailey probably had this shit planned weeks ago. I did, but I also waited till the last minute. I fucking prime, bitch. <laughs> I know, but mine's not prime because mine's from Etsy. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not that clever. Mm-mm. All right. We got prezzies. Ooh, oh, happy day. 
Is this part of it? <laughs> is it just a white cap? That's part of my joint case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh, it's heavy. It's pretty. What is it? It's the external hard drive to transfer <gasps> over our first oh year of episodes God. and save it forever and ever and I get could that cry shit off your right laptop. Now. And it's rose gold. And it's rose gold. It's cute. Isn't and it's it compact. gonna do this for me? Apparently, I literally I think we could do it ourselves based on the Amazon reviews. You oh plug it God. in, it self installs, and we just drag and drop. Okay. And he said, he's like, as because of the files we're using, it's not like a movie, right? It's audio. He's like, we should have plenty. Of- oh, my God. I'm so happy. I know you are. I've been thinking about this for so I long. You know. I've been, every time I save an episode, I'm like, well, we'll see what happens. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it could be our first year. That's our first volume. That's so exciting. Yeah. And the next year, we'll get a second mm-hmm. one. Wow. Great present, B. Right. Well, we'll have to wait for next week to see what my present is. Oh. Because I'm not going to spoil it for you. Good. All right. So this week, first of all, should we do the drinking game? Yeah. I want to throw in if I spill because that's so first episode vibes. And we're on the floor. This is where you like to spill. or drop or something. This is the splash. This is where I'm a mess. I'm such a mess on the ground. So anytime B spills, take a drink, Mm -hmm. take a shot. First of all, we're not in the pod shed again. So so that's a special. That's a double shot. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, let's see what's I said so a thousand and ten times <laughs> you know what's so funny is I don't notice it when you do it I only because I'm so well, vain I only notice listening. it when I do yeah, it yeah we're not listening for each other's flaws I know yeah. but I should listen to your flaws mm-hmm, there are a lot because I'm the one that edits <laughs> it <laughs> there's a lot to be said all right so let's see how about hmm we could do so's um we could do anytime I lose my place because I have, we'll get to that, but I might lose my place a lot tonight. Okay. Um, what else? Anytime we say possession. Oh. Or is there another buzzword you want? No. Possession, possessed, demon. Even. Yeah. Or just any, like, Things of the the unknown, like mm. occulty. At this point, we're just telling you to drink whenever you want. We're basically, <laughs> we're just here to get fucked up and have Woo! a good time this episode because this episode's gonna be a good time. This episode for our one year, we have decided to flip the script, as mm-hmm. the young kids say. B is doing your true crime case, although I don't know if it's a crime. But she's doing the true story. It is a it's based on a true story, exactly. And mm-hmm. I have to admit, when I looked this up, all I saw was a quick blurp of somebody hanging themselves mm-hmm. and I thought it possibly was a I thought there was murder involved, true crime involved. I guess there is a little bit. The history. The history. Historical true crime. It. Mm-hmm. It's historical true crime. And then I'm doing the movie review. Yeah. So we flipped it on you guys. So this is gonna be super fun. I've been drinking all night. Yeah. So now I have to wait for B to tell her side. Mm-hmm. And then I have to read my handwritten notes and hope I get through it. So get ready for the hot mess express. Yes, queen. So this week we are doing The Conjuring. And the parent family hauntings, I guess. That's, yeah. That's what I'll call it. Yeah. And the real uh, tales of Ed and Lorraine. Yes. The Warrens. The mm-hmm. Warrens. This a shout out. I don't know who to shout out, but shout out. This was actually suggested by a client at the salon. Amaze. The owner of the salon was doing a 
young woman's hair, early 20s hair. She's super into horror movies. And she's like, hey, don't you have a podcast about horror movies? And I explained what the podcast was. And she said, oh, you guys should do The Conjuring. Because it's really, really based on a true story. For sure. I personally have seen bits and pieces of The Conjuring. Right. I've seen The Nun. Mm -hmm. I've seen at least one Annabelle. Yeah. But I've never sat down and watched The Conjuring from beginning to end. So for this podcast is the first time that I like watched it. I've watched all The Conjurings. Loved the first one when I saw it. The second one was okay. And that's like six years later. And in London, by the way. And then I just watched the newest one last night. Oh, I was just going to say the the newest one's out in theaters. I do have a hot take. One of the women I work with is a horror movie fanatic. Mm -hmm. And she says that the second Conjuring is the scariest. I would disagree. And she says it's the scariest out of all the movies in the universe outside of The Nun. She says The Nun is the scariest. And I have not seen The Nun. The Nun's scary. I mean, here's the problem. None of the horror movies nowadays are right. that scary. They're they're jump scary. So Nick hates these movies. Yeah. For Nick, these are scary movies because it's the anticipation. Uh huh. Exactly. Me too. Again, right. me and Nick are the same person. Yeah. No, he falls asleep every time because that's his way of coping with me watching scary movies. Like, oh yeah, babe, I'll watch this for you. He'll take a couple hits and then yeah, as I'm watching the movie because I'm, alone, I'm way more scared of the jump scares than I am of the scary parts. Right. I'm anticipating the jump scare. Yes. And it, it happens. ruins the whole movie because you're waiting for I it. I jump. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, that's over. But then the actual shit hits the fan. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. This is what we're doing now. Right. So great. Fantastic. I have, like I said, I saw The Nun, La La Rona, Annabelle, uh-huh. and now The Conjuring. Okay. I got Nick for Father's Day. <clears throat> These interactive LED lights that go with our theater system. Yes. And they were pretty exciting last night while I was watching said horror movie by myself on the couch. Yes. So what do they do? They just go with the noise? There's a camera that's picking up on the colors of the movie. And it's projecting those colors onto the wall behind you. Amazing. So for instance, for the horror movie, there's not going to be a lot of color. But it's giving a very like cool ambiance. Yeah. It's giving a vibe. But for Violet, we were watching Aladdin. Oh my God. When the genie comes out of the purples bo- and the blues whole and gold. The whole fucking wall is exploding in Amazing. those colors. Yeah. I, I want to come over and watch Aladdin. It's, Let's eat these mushrooms that are on our on the way Aladdin. and go to your house and watch Aladdin while your husband's playing. What is it? Is it League of Legends? Yes. Yes. LOL. Yes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And then really quick, because I know we got to get to this. I am excited because I didn't watch it, but the trailer for the new Halloween came out this week. Oh, shit. I haven't seen it. It is coming out this October. <gasps> the first of the final two. The Are we going to go see it in the theater? We have to. We have to. We have to. I well, think live like, podcast. Right. Oh, my God. It's like the 15th <laughs> or something. So right around our anniversaries. Wow. Yeah. And then the next one will be the following year. And then also Jordan Peele is doing a remake of Candyman. Wow. So that'll be really And I have loved all, all of his, his movies. I know. It'll be such an interesting take. Have on you ever movie. watched Us? Oh, yeah. I've seen it's all of so them. good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get Out was good, but Us was really fucking uh-huh. good. If you suspend belief long enough, you just have to use For your imagination. Me, especially because of Santa Cruz. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Of, of course. Yeah. 
All right, so The Conjuring, I guess you go first, B. I get to go. How do you do this every week where you stay sober? Oh, I stay sober? Long enough Question to do mark? your story. No. Also, I will give you props because when I'm doing my true crime, I can do um, research whenever I want. It was a lot of pressure to watch a movie and take notes at the same time. It took me twice as long to watch it because I kept pausing it to write a note. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, it does. Absolutely. And then afterwards, sometimes I'll want to just watch the movie through because I feel like you start and stop so many times. Uh huh. I feel that for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go. All right. So I'm covering the parent family hauntings. This was investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are often regarded as the most prolific paranormal investigators of the 20th century. As they should be. Can I tell you the girl crush I have on Lorraine? Right. What a queen. What? I know. I I love her so much. I just them. The whole thing. I love the whole thing. I love her especially. I know. Yeah, we're not biased, guys. (laughs) So depending on what you read, their cases can be anywhere from like the tens to like the 40 like thousands. Wow. Right. Because it can be something very small and significant, just like a quick in and out versus like these in-depth over gear cases. Yeah. Okay. So and that's over the span of 50 years. And these have inspired the movies we've discussed, such as Amneville Horror, our episode four. They were there. They investigated that shit. What? Yeah. Did oh. we talk about them? No. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. I wish we would have talked about them. Haunting in Connecticut, The Nun, The Annabelles, and then, of course, The Conjurings. They've so, been everywhere. Oh, they're epic. They're fucking everything. They're so renowned in their community. But... We can't talk about the Perrin family hauntings without getting into Ed and Lorraine a little bit. So Ed is born December 5th, 1926 in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where he was brought up by his very Catholic family in what Ed believed was a haunted house. Starting at the age of five, Ed began to see spirits He would hear the knockings and the footsteps and the voices, pretty much anything that would scare the shit out of a five-year-old. Yeah. Let alone an adult, right? I was going to say, scare the shit out of me. But due to his religious upbringing, he focused his time studying a lot of demonology, Mm -hmm. right? He's trying to make connections to help explain these strange occurrences and what he's going through. And to the point, so that eventually he was recognized by the church as the only Catholic expert on demonology. Oh, I have that written down to you, Bailey. Funny you should mention it. One year after Ed was born, Lorraine Moran was born January 31st, 1927, also in Bridgeport, Connecticut, raised by a devout Catholic family. Similar to Ed, Lorraine began to notice her clairvoyant abilities at a young age. She was seeing like auras around people, but for the longest time, she had no idea other people couldn't do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, she had no idea she was special. Here. Oh, another champagne pop. I know. This is all my job now. I know. You've got a job. Okay. Oh, my God. The pressure. So, her first memorable experience was sometime between the age of 9 and 12 at school. Um, It was Arbor Day. And the students were planting a tree seed 
But Lorraine didn't see the seed. She saw the grown-ass fucking tree. So she's, like, staring up at the sky, like, looking at this full-grown tree. And the nun's like, babe, what are you looking at? (laughs) And she describes it. And the nun looks at her, and it's like, oh, like, you can see into the future. Like, you can see things. You're special. Um, when Ed met Lorraine, they're around the age of 16. He was working as an usher at the theater that Lorraine and her mother attended regularly. Okay. He finally got the balls one day to ask, like, if he could walk her home. Aww. I think they got ice cream. And, That's so sweet. Yeah. And so. Talk about soulmates. Oh, I know. 16 crazy so um he drops her off at the door total gentleman doesn't go in for the kiss or anything he walks across the street and he stops and looks back at her and she's clearly standing there looking at him but what she describes is she did not see the 16 year old boy she saw ed hey girl like physically like the grown ass man that she would eventually grow up to and marry. she liked what she saw a girl she went home and wrote Ooh. that shit in her diary Ooh. that yes, night queen. like yes, i queen. met the man i'm gonna marry tonight that's right that's like me uh dating my husband who was a total kind of loser a little bit when i started dating him but i saw the potential i saw you, the potential. you saw the fucking man that's right <laughs> ed entered the navy Soon after they began dating, it was like around his 17th birthday. And just like a few months later, like four months into it, the fucking boat that he was working on collided with an oil tank. Oh, shit. And the fucking boat exploded. Oh, shit. Everyone had to jump into the northern Atlantic. Sounds cold. Icy fucking cold. Isn't that where the Titanic sank? Sure. Okay. Sure. Why not? Another great example of you asking me shit that <laughs> I'm not ever going to fucking know. I know it was the Atlantic. I <laughs> might have been making up the northern part. Right. Um, and so the whole time he's in the water, he's just praying. He's praying to go home and to be saved. And the How second, scary. The second he gets on that fucking land, he proposes. And during his 30-day leave, they get married. Okay. And he does eventually go back to the war or whatever. She has a baby. I want to say it's 1945. They get married. 1951. They have Judy. Okay, Judy. All right. So after the war, they need to figure out what the fuck they're going to do with their lives. Mm -hmm. Like, how is he going to provide for this family? Ed's always had a talent for painting. He's very artistic. So he went to, it's either the Pair or Perrier or whatever College of Art, which is um, somehow like Yale adjacent. It's very prestigious. Okay. In Hamden. And he did eventually drop out, but like he went and kind of like honed down his abilities in painting there. And he mixed his two obsessions of the art and the paranormal. He would find haunted houses he would paint them. Lorraine would use that to then go and approach the owners. Like, here, my husband painted this picture of your house. It's beautiful. We love the history about it. Like, we'd love to come and see the inside. Yeah. To get themselves an in. And then, boom. Wow. Right? What a history you're I giving know. me. 
I know. Look, so you do have fun learning stuff, Bailey. I, 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 if, it's, <laughs> if it's this shit. Wow. If it's conjuring adjacent, sure. That's uh, pretty cool. I thought so. So that's how they began their investigating career. And then, fuck, early into this career, 1952 is when they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research. Because at this time, like, there's no school for this shit. Right. They're bogus. They're like a fucking freak show. And anything that's not Christian is Mm -hmm. satanic, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, even though they're respected by the church, the church isn't going around talking about them. Right. Because they're, like, tools for the church. It's not something they want to get out. And so they've got this fucking research place and they've also got their occult museum which is located at their home adjoined to ed's office where they house the various objects from their investigations one of the most well-known being the raggedy ann doll Mm, which is annabelle annabelle right so annabelle in the movie is very exaggerated she's a fucking wooden doll she's a fucking raggedy ann doll and what's crazy is just being um into what i'm into Ed and Lorraine's actual museum crops up on all of my things. Oh, on we my need to go. Pin, but on my Pinterest, on yeah. my TikTok, on my Facebook, like all these articles and things about that pops mm-hmm. up. And it's always like the Raggedy Ann doll in the case. Mm-hmm. She's in like a wooden case with like a very small window. Um, so it's just so funny to me that for years now, yeah. technically Ed and Lorraine have been popping up on my different social media platforms without me having any idea of who they are or that's how very they- cool because they don't pop up on any of my platforms and i'm totally into this shit and i've seen the fucking movies so it's no like, i know figure. but obviously you're more of like that but also like yeah like pinterest right. and all that uh-huh. yeah yeah anywho so basically as their notoriety grew they began taking more like media appearances, speaking engagements, school lectures for them. Sure. They're making some money off of it, but really like it's all in an attempt to educate people. They want to get the word out about this paranormal stuff. Uh People's abilities. Like it's okay to talk about it. Like Mm -hmm. it exists. Like we're strongly faith, like religious based people, but like, this stuff's going on. Well, and to be religious based, you kind of can't have one without the other. Yeah. So if you're going to believe in God and angels and all of that, you, you kind have to, take the have to believe in Satan and demons and hell. But real quick, B, so that do you believe in like <coughs> psychics and the paranormal stuff? So here we go. So I'm more like I don't believe in a heaven and a hell, mm-hmm. but I do believe in psychic energy. Yeah, I for sure. I believe like. We are a vehicle for something else. And when our vehicle stops, we don't necessarily stop. Right. While I feel like we might not be like conscious in that, whatever that energy may be, I do feel like things linger. Okay. That things hang around. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. And I think as far as psychics go, I think there's like, don't quote me on any of this because I'm drunk. There's like a certain percentage of the human brain that we don't use. Like the whole idea of deja vu and shit. You Well, now we're getting into like Matrix vibes, uh, which like freaks me out a little bit. Right. But I mean psychics. Yeah. Like Lorraine. 
I think there's the there's like so much of the human brain that we don't use yeah. that I think that anybody could be capable of doing like what Lorraine does, but it's just her brain's a little bit more open than ours or a little bit more turned on than ours. And something that should also be noted about their relationship is that she really took her abilities for granted up until meeting Ed. She just thought it was is Ed, normal that it was Ed's passion for the whole thing mm. that really made her realize her talents mm-hmm. and them together, like their forces, what they were able to do. That's what really had her love it. Yeah. Love it. Again, made for each other. It's like she's the brain. He's the brawn. And I don't know where else to fit this in. So I might as well note it now. She liked to sit on the end of people's beds. Okay. That was her favorite place in the house to get a reading on people because she felt it, that people were most vulnerable in their state between wake and sleep. I think that's true. And that those moments and emotions and memories would stick to that bed and that that's where she would get the most accurate reading. Which okay. Is fucking epic. Right? Yes, Lorraine. I, I told know. you I love Lorraine I so know. much. That's so fun. Okay. So speaking of her being a fucking G... So with them becoming like stars outright in their paranormal community, um, obviously they're going to get their critics. And the bigger the cases got, the bigger the skepticism grew. So to quiet this bullshit, right? Sometimes in in the 70s, I could not narrow down an actual case, date, anything. But I can tell you that she was tested by Dr. Thelma Moss, psychologist and parapsychologist, who is someone who is like researched in the occult at UCLA, who found her clairvoyance to be far above average. Okay, Lorraine. All right, so here we go. Fucking UCLA is telling us she's got some shit. Come through, girl. Okay. So while all of this is going on for the Warrens, I can bring in the Perrin family. And I tried to look them up prior to this incident, this haunting, and I couldn't find shit. So for them, we're starting January 1971. Father Roger, Mom Carolyn, their five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April, all between the ages of like 13 and 6. Fantastic. What a fucking nightmare. Right. Five girls between 13 and 6. I'd rather die. With no, like, tablets or internet? Kill me. Oh, God. And they have just purchased what they believe to be their dream home. A 14-bedroom farmhouse on 200 acres. Whoa, In Harrisville, Rhode Island. And I was just about to say, bitch, what is 200 acres? What does that mean to you? <laughs> a lot. It's right? many acres. Because we've talked about square mileage. And in hectares. Bo- okay. So one football field is as close as you're going to get to one acre. Yeah, because my parents. It's a little less. A little. P- picture in your head my parents' entire property. Right. From fence line yes. to fence line is one acre. Right. Yeah, so one, 200 acres. 200 of my parents' houses. So think about the land. We're on the East Coast. The the 
the property itself, what can happen? Is that the, the entire history. state of Rhode Island? Is it right? Is there more to Rhode Island than that? <laughs> How is there more? Uh, okay. The oldest daughter, Andrea, is by far the most outspoken about all of the events. As she should, because she is a... Badass big sister. Yes, bitch. Badass big sister. That's something to drink for. That is something to drink for. Badass big sister's reoccurring theme here on THC. She is definitely the one that we're going to refer to most about what happened. And in an interview, she says within like five minutes of being in the house, she saw clearly a man standing in the parlor room staring at her. Ugh. And when she went to tell her mom about it, her mom just assumed it was the man who had sold them the house because he was also still currently moving shit out as they were moving shit in. Okay. Right. Bizarre enough on its own. Also, to mention, he had urged them to keep the lights on at night. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting that they never thought to question that. But very much like, oh, yeah, it, it's in your best interest to just leave some lights on at night. Wow. Okay. Andrea recalls a night when her little sister, Cindy, crawled into bed with her. She had already woken up due to what she believed to be sounds of like a storm. But when Cindy came into her room, she claims that she had been hearing voices of seven dead soldiers who were buried within the walls. Okay. Okay. Very specific amount of soldiers. Yeah. At first, the interactions are fucking bizarre, right? But not necessarily, like, scary, scary, right? Like, you could question, you could try to explain things, whatever. You can blame it on, like, it's just an old house. There's going to be strange sounds and, sure, doors open and close on their own and... It's always fucking cold because they moved in January and there's literally a blizzard. Like a goddamn blizzard. A whole ass blizzard? Yeah. And on top of that, like, what? It's so, it's been like the 70s. I don't think they have like central heating and air, right? Right. And um, all of the fireplaces, whether working or just like for looks, everything had been sealed. By the prior owners. By like wood planks? Like you cement? Yeah, you can't use them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I will say I grew up in a very old home with <clears throat> lots of wood floors and like, you know, just old timey shit. Yeah. And there are noises as the house settles. Mm-hmm. But that house was also haunted. Yeah. So you might want, not want to take my word for it because my grandma haunts that house. I'll tell that story on a different podcast. No, we'll tell that after we finish this story because it's clearly the relevant time <laughs> to tell that fucking story. Eh, make them wait till episode till the two year anniversary. Okay, sure. Yeah, stay tuned. All right. <laughs> so for a while, no one's really talking about these experiences. They're kind of keeping shit to themselves. They're all going through shit. But none of them know that until a while into it. Okay. Okay. All right. Lack of communication. The girls remember an old woman who would tuck them in at night 
kiss their heads. What? They could tell it was not their mother. Yeah, you think? Because according to Andrea, Carolyn would always smell like ivory soap, but this woman smelled like flowers and fruit. Oh, that's nicer than what my person smells like. Right. They would play with a little boy that they nicknamed Manny. Whoa. And Manny said that he died of a hanging in their basement. What? And there was another ghost who they referred to as like the sweeping ghost. Okay. Because no one ever saw the ghost. They would just hear the sound of a broom against the hardwood floor. Okay. And when they would go to look, there would be a pile, like a uh-huh. neat pile of swept up shit. Great. But the broom would be in the same position wherever they left it. Fine. Yeah. They're sweeping my floor. No, but that's what I'm, yeah. All right, bestie, so come here we, through. So that's what they're saying. Like, it wasn't all bad. It's weird I will take shit. the sweeping <laughs> ghost any day of the week. Come through. However, <laughs> I'm so excited about the sweeping ghost. As time went on, <laughs> around 5.15 every morning, the family would wake to the smell of rotting flesh. Delicious. And decay. Mm. The girls have memories of their beds being lifted off the ground. Oh, my God. Tossing their bodies to the floor. Oh, my God. Their hair being pulled. Terrifying. Their limbs being tugged at from underneath the covers. <laughs> I would just die. Right? 13 to 6. These are the girls we're talking about. Oh Beds God. lifted off. Lila, her bed lifted off the something tugging her. Are you kidding me? Right? Get over it. So now, according to the podcast I listened to, I'm going to do all my credits at the end. Okay. Yes, I did listen to a podcast. I got it so excited. All my credits are at the I end. I got so excited. Carolyn did do some of her own research at this point. Like, shit's weird, right? Carolyn's the mom. Correct. Okay. And she found that the house was built and cared for by eight generations of the Arnold family. Okay. Mrs. Arnold hung herself from the rafters of the barn at the age of 93. Whoa. The town's former public record book reveals that over the course of its existence, the property has been the host of two suicides by hanging. Uh-huh. One by poison. The rape and murder of 11-year-old Prudence Arnold by a farmhand. Oh. Two drownings, the passing of four men who froze to death, in addition to many other just like tragic losses. Again, 200 acres, East Coast, back in the day, all this history. Like, it's going to be the host of so much fucking tragedy and loss. and Yeah. Right. So, that being said. The most well-known resident was Bathsheba Sherman and her husband in 1812. And while there's no evidence to back up any of this because it's fucking prehistoric time. (laughs) In the 1800s. It was a million years ago. This is like aliens and shit, really. (laughs) I think they were building the pyramids and Bathsheba was living in her house. Uh, It is to have been said that she had four of her own children, three of which died at an early age. 
but we need to take into account like this is the 19th century infant mortality rates are much higher but regardless you have three of your four babies die you're basically deemed a witch because at this point in time all you had to do was blink at someone wrong and you're a witch right <laughs> right witch right we would be witches no. so quickly we'd be burned at the stake this shit's a little sus so there is an infant left in her care who this infant is why it's left in her care i don't fucking know okay this infant dies okay and it's been decided that it's due to a stab wound at the base of the neck by like a large sewing needle like a like a gauze needle a knitting needle a crochet like a thick really imagine doing that to a baby right that's really rough i don't like that no so everyone decides that it's her making a sacrifice to the devil in revenge for her own dead babies and oh. she's put on trial. However, she's never charged with the murder. She gets to live to like the age of 73. But basically during this whole time, she's ridiculed. She's an outcast. She's a fucking, she's a witch. She's garbage. She's a pariah. So this whole time she's lost her own children. This infant under her care. She's decided that she's murdered this kid. She's a witch. All this shit. So when she does eventually die, they then also claim that her spirit is this evil, disgusting, spiteful being because of all this hate that she built up over the years. Yeah. Like when she died, she turned to stone because that's how cold she was. Oh. Like she was done real dirty. Okay. (laughs) All right. And Bathsheba is most important to our parent family haunting because of a a few reasons um out of everyone in the family the mom carolyn was by far the most fucked up Uh uh-huh traumatized by all these different occurrences prior to living in this house people would have described her as like the life of the party Okay. Like model fucking Come material. through, Carolyn. Like she was everything, but this house sucked the life out of her. Like she was never the same. A little ice ASMR for yeah, you, people. Real. Sorry, um, I'm doing the most. I know, a lot. She became very sad and very tired. She was being tormented emotionally and physically. The ghosts would whisper things to make her think that she was going fucking crazy. One day while she was sleeping on the couch, she woke up to a sharp pain on her calf. And when she went to touch her leg, it was pouring down blood Mm. from a small needle-like hole. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So they allude to the idea that Bathsheba had a crush on Roger, the dad, as he never experienced any of the horrible things that the rest of the family did. Oh, how typical. The most he ever had to deal with was Bathsheba's sexual advances. (laughs) Oh, just wait, bitch. Just wait. I'm going to make you drink for this. Her sensual light touches uh, and whispers uh, of sweet nothings 
I'd rather die. Right. It is right. I know. <laughs> I'd rather die. So, according to Andrea, whoever this spirit was, she perceived herself to be the mistress of the house, and she resented the competition that her mom posed for that position. Wow. One may wonder, after years of emotional and physical torment, why the fuck didn't they leave? How quick? You said years? Years. Wow. Okay, I'll fast forward. Over the whole thing, we're talking shy of 10 years. What? Yes! 10 years. Mine's like a week. No. (laughs) Mine is not very long at all. Yeah. Um, so how long would we put up with this? Not for very fucking long. No. All right. So there are a few explanations. The family legit took a fucking chance when they decided to move and invested everything into this house. And they do talk about that in the movie. Right. They, cause they do ask them, why don't you just move? And they're like, we're all in this house. This is it's make it or break it with this it's house. 1971. If, I mean, and, he, and the dad's like, if we give up on this house, we have nowhere to go. True that. So also within five months, the economy crashed. Oh, shit. So no one could afford to buy a 200 acre property that's not producing shit. Like it's a bunch of land, a bunch of land that's not doing anything. Yeah. Sitting around being haunted. And I don't care how good of friends or family you have. No one can afford to take on the responsibility of a family of five girls, like two adults, during this uncertainty. Yeah. Like, you could barely afford your own family. You can't take on a family that size. Yeah. So they're fucked. That's crazy. Another person would argue, great, but the economy crash, that's not going to last for 10 years. But as I pointed out earlier, when they first moved in, like the occurrences weren't so crazy. Right. Like it kind of built up over time. And then also we have to take into account, like this is where the kids, 13 to 6, have spent their most formative years. Yeah. Growing up. So in a weird fucked up way they're super attached to the house yeah like in a really and that's what they're used to yeah so according to andrea there was also one entity that tortured all the girls that none of them have ever spoken about publicly and they're still trying to get over it Until now? Like, they won't know. Like, they won't talk about it. Oh, so she brought it up and then she won't talk about it? Right. It's just, like, it's something, like, it's to be noted that this shit's left out of the movies. None of us are going to go over it. Like, there was one thing in that house that came after us. Oh, I wonder what it was. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no one will ever know because we're still trying to figure out what it was for ourselves. Crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. But in general, um... After living in the house for the 10 years, like you can kind of argue like the good kind of outweighed the bad or that somehow they became just like accustomed to it. They just got used to it. Yeah. All right. So finally, the Warrens. A concerned family friend is noticing the difference in the mom, Carolyn. 
right? And she has decided on behalf of the family to reach out to the Warrens for help. Mm-hmm. Which the family friend or Carolyn? The family friend. Okay. Right. Which apparently the dad did not appreciate. Oh. And from what I understand, Carolyn herself never looked for help because her husband didn't believe her and was not supportive of the idea that the house was being haunted. What? And it could also be one of the reasons why they never left the house. What? Yeah. I know. Mm, What a dick. Right. Very different from our movie dad. Right? I know. I love the dad in the movie. We'll talk about it later. Get through your part. All right. So over a year and a half, the Warrens investigate. Over a year and a half. Take that in. The Warrens investigate the hauntings of the parent house. After hearing of the stab to Carolyn's leg, Lorraine immediately figures out the whole Bathsheba connection. Uh huh. And she wants to perform an exorcism, but the parents are not religious. So the church would not give permission. So they decided to do a seance as an attempt to contact the spirit. But during the seance, Carolyn became possessed. Oh, ding, shit. Ding, 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 drink. Possessed. possessed! I'll okay. drink. Right? Possessed. We'll nail that one down. Mm. All right. Andrea has given multiple interviews about this night because she witnessed it for herself. She was hiding with another sister, I believe it was Cindy, in an adjacent room when she saw her mom's body lifted into the air, speaking a language she's never heard before. They watched as the body was balled up so tightly you should have heard every bone in her body break before it was thrown lifeless to the ground. And she says it's like so scarring like that whole experience. Uh, you think? To just witness. <laughs> I think that's pretty scarring. Like yeah. you, What you're assuming is the death of your mom. Right? Jesus Christ. So after the seance, Roger kicked the Warrens out of the house for concern of his wife's mental stability. And according to Andrea, it was this seance that really invited the true evil into the house. What? That ended up taking a hold of her mother even after they moved out in 1980. The house is still there. The land has been split up and sold. One owner, not the current owner, but one owner, Norma Sutcliffe, claims that the house was not haunted. She even tried to have the whole thing debunked by inviting sci-fi's ghost hunters Uh into the house in 2005. Uh To her surprise... They did find evidence of paranormal activity. Stop. They found the opening and closing of the doors, Stop the orbs, it. the cold spots. She tried to sue the filmmakers of the Stop co- it. <laughs> what a fucking Karen. She tried to sue the filmmakers <laughs> of the conjuring because of all the attention it brought to the house. Just like 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? So she finally sold it in 2019. And the newest owners say that they have experienced the doors opening uh, okay, and, the, and the flickering. And Congratulations. So, I don't know. Normal house things, paranormal things, whatever. All right. As for the family, Andrea has gone on to write a trilogy called House of Darkness, House of Light, where she recounts her experiences. I want to read that. I know. The Perrin family did not profit from the Conjuring movies. While most family members were okay with the movie being made, some attended the screening, some even went on set, whatever... Others chose not to really want to be a part of it, so they just kind of stayed in the background Okay, the making of the films. Andrea says um, that while the, the Warrens and them didn't necessarily end on, like, great terms, mm-hmm. that Lorraine did seek out their consent before she began consulting on the movies. Okay. Right. Like, she made sure it was okay with them. And, uh according to Andrea from what I've seen they've been very logical in their telling of the stories it's not to be too scary but it also gives insight into what we experienced you know she claims that she believes there's more of a scientific explanation to of what had happened mm-hmm. um, I wasn't sure where to fit this in but she almost seemed to believe that the house was like a portal through time Okay. Because her mom remembers standing in the same parlor where she saw the person staring at her, the man. Mm-hmm. Her mom stood in that same parlor and she remembers seeing a family sitting down to dinner and a man seeing her and like hitting the guy next to him being like, are you fucking seeing this shit? So like the others. Yeah. Yeah. With Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Right? Yes. So, wow. I just got chills. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay. Same. Is that what we're talking about here? Well, the other is Nicole Kidman's the ghost. You're saying that there's like a time. It's like, like a, a It's like, like a, a ripple in the time yes, effect. Exactly. In time dimension. Right. And that's why there's all these spirits and all these things and all this shit that's going on. It's like, okay. that's what she's coming from. So instead of being a paranormal thing. It's like two like time continuums mm-hmm. seeing each other, mm-hmm. but without breaking the wall. Mm-hmm. So this is what I've read. Listen, right? that doesn't not make sense. Oh, no. Oh, I, could, no. I can get down with that idea. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> no. So she's like, I'm not here to say this or that. Like, it could, it could be what Ed and Lorraine are doing, even though from what I've experienced what I've been told like I'm leaning this way like there's got to be there's something there's something happening wow interesting all right so August 23rd 2006 Ed Warren passes away in his home in Monroe of natural causes at the age of 79. Aww. Rest in peace, Ed. Lorraine continued to do lectures on her own and served as the consultant on the first two Conjuring movies before her death, <gasps> April 18th, 
2019. I'm going to cry. She passed away in her sleep, also in the same home Ah. in Monroe. She was the age of 92. Whoa. Yeah. All right, think Lorraine. About, think about that. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm gonna, I'm literally crying no, I right know. now because I love Lorraine yeah, so, so much. So while I the, thought she was still alive. So while the Warren family did profit quite a bit from their telling of the stories, their speaking engagements, blah blah blah, you could argue that that takes away some of the credibility, right? You could uh-huh. whatever. But I want to note that they never made any money off of their investigations, and when I say that. I mean that they never charged the people or the families. Right. Maybe they would get help with like rooming fees or whatever, but right. like they never profited from that. It was only. Did they get paid for like speaking engagements? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how they made their money. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Fair but enough. never from the actual hey, nitty gritty. Any naysayers out there, guess who else gets paid for their speaking engagements? Joel Olstein and uh, pastors at mega churches. You're right. So no, whatever. Like, of course, and like I said from the beginning, it, the only reason they take the speaking engagements is because they want to educate. Right. And I also want to discuss so that even though Andrea wrote her books, which she obviously made money off of, the Parent family didn't make money off of the movies, right? So like sharing their stories, what were they to benefit? You know? Yeah, I don't know. So, to me, also, if you listen to any of Andrea or even her mom's interviews, they they seem genuinely scared. Like, they seem pretty fucking scarred. Yeah. In some way or another. Yeah. By these experiences. And I don't know if this is bullshit or whatever, but I heard or, like, read in some random things that... After they moved out, like her mom one day randomly got, she was like doing laundry and got like hit by a wooden board. Whoa. And then also broke her hip. Okay. And like weird shit. Just, just constantly. Paranormal things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. My credits. The New England Society for Psychic Research website. Hey, we love it. I had to. I'm going to go look at it as soon as we're done. Right. Travel Channel. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> 11 Things You Need to Know About Legendary Paranormal Investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. It was fucking awesome. Just like little. I bet it was amazing. It was so cute. That was where I got like their history, like their background. Travel Channel still a thing? Travelchannel.com. And I used to watch Travel Channel all the time. That's Travel why Channel. I'm excited because I don't think I've watched it in like 10 years. All that's interesting. Hey, I knew. Hey, I hey, had hey, to. Hey. I had. I actually to. saw that article yes. and I kept it to myself. So nope. I'm like, I wonder if Bailey will find it. I had to. Yeah, the true story of the Conjuring. ATI baby. A New York Times obituary. Oh, okay. Of Lorraine. Rest your soul, our uh, Lorraine. A HistoryCollection.com article, 16 Reason Why the Story <laughs> Behind the Conjuring is Even Creepier Than the <laughs> Yeah, what else, B? The podcast. Mile Higher, episode 98. Because Mile Higher, how do I not? like The Mile High Club. Yeah. yeah. Hosted by a husband-wife duo. Oh, cute. They reminded me a lot of us. 
of us because of the <laughs> way that they banter yeah and the way that they bring in their like own past experiences mm, into mm-hmm. the stories yeah they bring it very much into themselves love and it because of her fucking tiktok references oh uh, okay all right so i did i really enjoyed that is that it that's it oh my god are you sure well that's for later if we can get to it what is it Married at first sight. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> wow, look at all that research. Mine's always like Wikipedia and maybe a podcast episode. Nope. Good job, B. Well, because I was so scared that what I was reading was like false. You have I, to I, double, triple check. A, a million tracks. Welcome yeah. to my world. Yeah. You have to look at it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So how did um, I do? You did great. <laughs> you did great. But the true story doesn't line up with the movie to like... It does, kind of. It doesn't. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm very surprised. Yeah. I really thought. I was too. That the movie was going to be more on track for I know. the real story. I know. Especially because Lorraine made a public statement that she was like, basically that she was happy with what they were doing with the movie. She's yeah. like, yeah, that's pretty on point. Yeah. I know. Wow. I okay. Know. All right, hold on. I have to now I have to read. I, <laughs> all right. Good luck, everybody. So first of all, let's go chronological order. If you want to watch The Conjuring Universe in order. Yes. Chronologically. Chronologically. <laughs> Can we say chronologically again? Ah, here's what you have to do. The Nun, Annabelle Creation. Oh. Annabelle. Okay. The Conjuring. Yes. Annabelle Comes Home. The Curse of La Llorona, The Conjuring 2. Yes. And now The Conjuring 3, which is in theaters. Well, where does Amneville and House of Our those, Haunting of Connecticut? Those and- aren't part of the actual Conjuring universe. Ah. Those are just, cases. I guess, offshoots. Ed and Lorraine. Ed, La- Ed and Lorraine were there. Yeah. But the actual Conjuring universe. Gotcha. Is what I just named off, Bailey. Okay. So, The Conjuring came out in 2013, as you well know. It's directed I and... I would have thought so much longer ago. Created by James Wan. He's also the co-creator of the Saw franchise and the Insidious franchise. I liked the Insidious franchise. I did, but after watching The Conjuring, I liked The Conjuring more. The Insidious has... Insidious has that weird demon who looks like a... St- Star Wars character. I like the old lady because she's from the um, something about Mary. I don't remember the old lady and something about Mary. I know, but I don't remember her in the movie. Okay. Um. And then, did you ever see Sinister? Mm. I liked Sinister a lot, and they are not anything to do with this, but a very similar. I don't remember any vibe. of them. I honestly, I haven't been watching a lot of newer horror movies because I just thought they wouldn't be very scary. Uh, Girl, that's why I haven't seen the ones that you've seen, like The Nun and The La La I'm like, oh, that can't be good. Yeah, and I didn't see those in theater. I saw those because they were randomly on HBO or whatever. Okay. 2013. Directed, created by James Wan. Wait, what are we doing in 2013? Um, I had just, Wyatt was a year old. So I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. What were you doing? Because I was I taking care of children in two thousand nine. So I just had a job. 
Just working. You were with Nick, right? Yeah. Just living life. I was engaged. Okay. There we go. I was engaged. Okay. You were engaged. I was taking and care had, of small yeah, had, humans. Yeah. You had babies. Uh-huh. Um, so the Conjuring universe, the franchise, is the second highest grossing horror franchise of all time. Believe it. What do you think number one is, B? I will give you, I will literally give you $50 right now oh my God. if you Why can say the number one me? highest grossing horror, horror franchise movie. of all time. Not movie, franchise. franchise. Yeah. Horror franchise. I'll give you a clue. There's a lot of movies in this franchise. Right. Is it Saw? No! Why? There's like a trillion Saws. Not even, you will never guess it. What is it? Godzilla. That's a horror movie? <laughs> apparently. Apparently. That's a horror Apparently movie? when Godzilla came out in 1801, it was... No, I'm just kidding. Ew. The early 1900s, it was considered a horror movie. Okay. They were all scared of that giant lizard destroying... What was it? Tokyo? Only time I wish we had video. <laughs> You're bad lip syncing of Godzilla. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. Um, um. Godzilla is the number one <laughs> horror franchise of all time, B. That doesn't make any sense. It does if you think about the fact that. If, think about how many Chucky movies there are. How could Yeah, there, but if you classify. The Seed of Chucky. <laughs> the the Bride of Chucky. <laughs> Chucky Returns. If you classify Godzilla as a horror movie, which I do not. No. Definitely doesn't meet your standards. I don't even know necessarily that I classify these as a horror movie because they're paranormal activity. Like, You want dead bodies. I want, yeah. Okay, whatever. The point is, Godzilla, for whatever reason, mm. is the highest grossing horror movie well, of all time. I say that's some bullshit. I agree with you. Anyways, so The Conjuring is the second highest <laughs> grossing horror movie of all time. We have, we have a star-studded list of B-list actors. Yes. Ron Livingston. Love, 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 love. Plays dad. I don't know really have anyone's names. He plays dad. Roger. Parent dad. They're, they're the accurate names in the movie. Rod, I didn't write the names down. Yeah, in the movie. Mm-hmm. I just wrote down mom dad. and dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, dad Perrin, mm-hmm. Ron Livingston, best known for Peter in Office Space. Of course. The best. The best movie a, ever. He's been in a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, who Office cares? Space is yeah. the best. Lily Taylor. She's in Mystic Pizza, Say Anything, Public Enemies. Vera Farminga, who I believe plays... Elaine, Lorraine, what's her name? Lorraine. Lorraine. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Here we go. Vera, she's in. Ready for the callbacks, guys? Oh, so many. The Orphan. Yeah. Which we've, she's, we've done. Yeah. The Departed, which we have not done yet, but it's on the list because yeah. it's a real story. Yeah. And she's in. A Godzilla movie, which Stop. means she's now in 
the two highest grossing I'm drinking to that. horror movie franchises of all Watch time. Watch out, Cheers. Jamie Lee Curtis. Cheers, Vera. Watch out, Jamie Lee Curtis. Damn. God bless it. She's a queen. Love Patrick it. Wilson, who's in Insidious. Um, Mackenzie Foy, who plays one of the sisters. And she is... Ready for this THC throwback? Renee Esme in <gasps> Twilight Breaking Dawn 1 and 2. Wow. She's the creepy vampire human baby, Renee Esme. And here we go. You already know what's coming. I know what's coming. Joey King yes. from yes. The Act, yes. from Slenderman, and now from The Conjuring. Yes. We love to see it. How old is she? She's got like 12. In this? I don't know. Yeah. In real life, probably I would I would clock her at 27. Stop. In this movie, 27? No, I didn't oh. say in this movie. I said in real life. No, I know. But like still, that seems old. Let's Google it just to find out. Is she even 27 in real life? That's what I said. No, Bailey I, was 27 know, in but, real life. Yeah, but 2013. Was a billion years ago. So how old was she in 2013? I don't know. I want to look her up now. What did I say? 27? Yes. Okay. We're Googling. Joey Lawrence was the first (laughs) one to pop up. Nobody cares about him. Love that for us. She's 21. Yeah, I knew it. I'm like, what are you talking about? 27. 27. I was way off. now. Subtract. She was born July 30th. Ready? Brace yourself. No. Gird your loins. 1999. Gross. <laughs> I need you to subtract. <laughs> I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. What I said, she was 21. 21. She's 21. From 2013. I'm not going to do that. 13, 14, 15, 16. <laughs> Here we go. Let's see how long it takes me to figure this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Okay, perfect. Uh, Anywho. All right. You ready? Yeah. No. We haven't even gotten to the movie <laughs> yet. All right. Our movie opens with the eyes of a creepy doll staring. On the couch is two girls and one man. And they, this is obviously happening in like 1960-ishes. Yes. By way of their outfits, we can figure this out. Groovy. They're telling somebody that we can't see about the doll, how the doll moves by itself. And then some letters, uh, a sentence. What is it? Some typography. (laughs) Some type. Some type pops up on our screen. (laughs) This is. This is 1968. The Annabelle case. Yeah, there you go. So they're basically telling them that the doll is possessed by a seven-year-old girl, um, and she wants to just be with them. She's lonely. She wants some be company. So she asks them if she could possess the and the doll. Um, Let's hang out and be with them. Hang yeah. out. And they're like, "Yeah, sure. That cool. sounds normal. I'm cool, guys." So then she gets up to all kinds of scary paranormal doll activity. She does all kinds of shit. She writes on the walls. She trashes rooms. She's just a cunt. 
They try to throw the doll away. The she's doll. no fucking sweeping ghost. No, she's not a helpful sweeping ghost. She's a cunty fucking destroy your living room ghost. <laughs> we could all be so lucky. That's right. Um, so they try to throw her away. Of course, she comes back. She always comes back. Always. <laughs> a man and woman are listening to this pretty intently. They explain to these people that it's not, this doll is not possessed by a girl. This is a manipulation that's happening by an in- inhumane spirit, a.k.a. a demon. A possession? <laughs> so then our video that we're watching, air quote video, stops. We've been watching a video the whole time, Bailey. Yes. <laughs> the twist is on you. The video stops. We're watching from like a class, a talk, a lecture, if you will, that's being hosted by Ed and Lorraine Warren. This is the Seekers of the Supernatural lecture, which I would be front row for. Oh, my goodness. And then comes this quote up on the screen. I wrote it all down by hand. Ready? Stop laughing at me. Why are you laughing at me? No, I just can't wait for you to have to read a quote. Get ready. Yes, here we go. Quote, since the 1960s, Ed and Lorraine Warren have been known as the world's most renowned paranormal investigators. Lorraine is a gifted clairvoyant, while Ed is the only non-ordained demonologist recognized by the Catholic Church. Out of the thousands of cases throughout their controversial careers, there is one case that is so malevolent, they've kept it locked away until now. Malevolent. Bum, bum, bum. The Conjuring. Ooh, water? Okay, I'll drink some water, B. I mean, we're old. Old we, AF. We, we know what's good for us. Are you out of wine? Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, that's right. It's my turn. Hey. All right. So now, 1971, Harrisville, Rhode Island. The parent family pull up to a house. We have dad, mom, five girls, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April, plus a dog, Sadie. And they pull up in their station ra- wagon with a moving truck behind them. A station wagon. The dog, first of all, the dog, Sadie, refuses to go inside. Duh. Dad's trying to pull her off the porch. She refuses. Fuck She's you. barking like crazy. He leaves her on the porch. He goes inside this house, which is old, but beautiful. Dude, this would be me and Nick. I'd be like, Nick, the house is haunted. And he'd be like, bitch, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, listen to the dog. Right. Listen to the dog. But also, me and Nick are like, do you see the bones of this house? It's gorgeous. I know. This is a DIY it's away everything. from being our dream home. I know. It's a cute house. It's on a big piece of property. There's like a pond. and it's- Don't even get me started on ponds. <laughs> okay. Okay. The girls, of course, there's five girls. They're running all over the place, right? The youngest, April, finds an old creepy music box, Mm -hmm. which she takes down to the weird pond to open up and listen to. Totally. 
Later, they're playing their favorite game, which is hide and clap, mm. which means I've got the clap and I'm giving it to you. Beautiful. It's a throwback to what? You've got the Three clap. episodes ago? I do. I do. <laughs> um, so hide and clap. The It's like hide and seek. The seeker has a blindfold on. The hiders hide and then they... The seeker's allowed to ask for three, three claps. claps. Mm-hmm. Three claps to let it's them clever. know where they are. It sounds like a lot of fun, When you're actually. in this type of house, with the echoes and the the stories, like the, the having to go up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're playing hide and clap. Nancy is the seeker. She finds one of her sisters in a closet downstairs. And a Amongst all the like screaming and eh, freaking out, they knock a board loose in the back wall of this closet. Dad comes to investigate, you know, what's going on in here, all serious. And they find a secret cellar that they didn't know was in the house. Dad goes down to investigate with, he just has some matches. He brings them down. There's a bunch of old shit in the cellar. He tells the girls, stay out of here. A bunch of spiders. There's no lights. Just get the fuck out. You know, that's what I would say. I don't know if that's what Dad would say. So, um, I remember reading something about the girls playing this game for reals, and I believe it was Cindy. She decided to like get herself in like a little cabinet, mm-hmm. and something locked her in it. And she got locked into it for a real long fucking time. Like a scary amount of time. I think even if it's only three seconds, it's a scary amount of uh-huh. time. Yeah. Before they actually figured out where she was. That night, Sadie the dog is barking like crazy. They have her chained up outside because she won't come inside. And she is barking like mad. In the morning, mom wakes up. Right before she wakes up, we hear a weird sound. Mm -hmm. Maybe a scuffling, maybe a giggle. We're not quite sure. But something wakes her up and she goes to the bathroom. She has a bruise on her leg that wasn't there the day before. And as all the girls are waking up, they're all complaining. It was too cold in their rooms. It's too cold in the house. They also complain about a bad smell. And the mom's like, all right, whatever, girls, like. You know, girls in this new house, right? They're all they're gonna find something to complain about. Of course, mom goes downstairs. She finds that not one but two clocks have been stopped in the middle of the night at three o seven a.m. Versus what I was saying, like five fifteen, five yeah. something. They're all just going about their day. April, who I believe is the youngest, screams from outside the house. They all run out there. Yeah. She's discovered that Sadie the dog has is dead, which is so fucked up. That's such a Hollywood throw in. That was so unnecessary. She looks like she's been choked out by her own chain. Yeah. Like she choked herself on her chain. So unnecessary. I know, especially since you didn't even mention a dog. No, they didn't have a fucking dog. Okay. Now we go to Monroe, Connecticut, home of. The Warrens. Ed and Lorraine Warren. And their daughter, was it Judy? Yeah. Ed is currently being interviewed um, about his profession. He's showing off his museum. It's of occult. 
the museum. Right, of all of his haunted items. Um, these items are all taken from the cases that him and Lorraine have worked. They're all either haunted or cursed. And they have a priest that comes in once a month to cleanse the home and bless the home to keep the, I guess, the oogie boogies out. The interviewer asks him, why don't you just destroy all these things? Mm -hmm. And he explains that it's safer because these are just vessels for demons, evil spirits, inhumane, whoever. So it's better if you just keep the vessel intact, keep those things trapped inside then if you destroy the vessel and then you let all of those things loose on the world. So this is one of the beefs I had with the newer Conjuring. Conjuring 3. The okay. devil made me do it. Okay. Because they go to meet with this guy. Because this is a case of like someone summoning, like casting a spell. Right? Like summoning the devil or whatever. Okay. And so they go to this dude's house where he has been known to deal with this kind of situation. And Lorraine's walking down the stairs to the basement where he has a similar type of a thing, like a room of locked up shit. And she's like, I don't want to go in that room. It's like, and I get that. I wouldn't want to go in that room either. But like when they get down there, they're like very accusatory. Like, why would you keep these things? Like what? And it's like, well, really? what are you doing? Right. Yeah. And this, and because. Hypocrites. The only reason I say this is because that one, the case in that movie is in 1981. Like that's late in their career where they've clearly got their research and their museum and their files and all these things. Yes. But isn't this the only one that Ed and Lorraine weren't alive to give their blessing to? Like they weren't alive to give their okay oh, for? Yeah. That's true. So they might have just, the movie makers might have taken it and ran with it. There you go. There you go. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Way to clear that up. Okay. So we're back to the parent home. And they're apparently, what was it, 200 acres Mm -hmm. that they're living on? Everyone's asleep. And now we see, as the audience, we see the clocks stop yes. at 3.07. Mm-hmm. Christine, a.k.a. Joey King, and one of her sisters share a room. Christine's foot is, she's sleeping outside of the covers, and her foot is pulled. Nope. No, and thank you. she tells her sister, stop, because mm-hmm. she thinks her sister is pulling a prank on her. Fuck that. But her sister's asleep, but Christine is also kind of still half asleep, so she doesn't realize that. Yeah. Then she smells a bad smell and she's like, and by the way, stop farting. And her sister's like, that's on you. Don't blame that on me. And they're kind of like half asleep, but, you know, telling each other to like knock it off. That same night, dad wakes up at his desk. He's fallen asleep. It looks like he's been drinking scotch or something. He fell asleep on his desk. He wakes up. The TV is all snowy. Yep. And he hears a loud thumping, like a loud thumping from upstairs. It sounds like someone's jumping up and down on these floorboards from upstairs. So he heads to the stairwell to check it out. He's greeted by one of his daughters. I feel like it's the oldest daughter, which is, is it Andrea? Yes. I'm not a thousand percent sure, though. Right. I think it's his oldest daughter, Andrea. And she's like, 
little sister so-and-so is sleepwalking again. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, shit. She hasn't done that in forever. Okay, come on. We just have to get her back in bed. He goes up to Andrea's room to find little sister banging her head repeatedly. Oh no, on the wardrobe. Oh. There's a big antique wardrobe yeah. that was in this room when they moved in. It's mm-hmm. from the prior occup- occupants. Right. And she's banging her head on it. Dad gets her to stop and then brings her back to bed. Mm-hmm. And that's just how sleepwalkers work. You have to, you know, get them back to bed safely Which without waking them up. There was no mention of the girls having an issue with sleepwalking. So the mom wakes up the next morning and she's got a bunch of bruises all over her mm-hmm. for no reason. There's no reason for her have these bruises but she has them the dad then goes to work the oldest four sisters go to school the youngest april is obviously staying at home with mom mom sees the girls off to school have a great day comes to find april talking to nobody she's sitting at a table in her room talking to no one Mm -hmm. who you talking to sweetie well i'm talking to my friend rory Mm. is what she tells her mom so now the mom finds April in her room. She's like, I'm talking to Rory and here's the music box. And when you key, you turn the key in the music box, the music plays. And, and when the music stops, you can see Rory in the mirror. So the mom's like, okay, sweetie, sure. Thinking it's like an imaginary friend. Yeah. She plays along. She waits for the music to stop. And then, boo, April scares her. Nothing's actually in the mirror. It's just her daughter playing a prank on her. We could assume that Rory is Manny. Right. That's Mm -hmm. exactly. We have not seen Rory yet, Mm -hmm. but yes, Rory is Manny. And then April asks her mom to play hide and clap with her. She's like, okay, fine. So mom puts on the blindfold. They play hide and clap upstairs. I was actually surprised the mom didn't fall down the stairs. Right. Because she's walking around. It's a new house. Yeah. But she hears... April clapping and she follows the claps into older sister what was it Andrea's room mm-hmm. towards the wardrobe. We now see two hands come out of the wardrobe and clap. Creepy. So the mom is on the right path. She goes to the wardrobe and she's feeling around all the clothes and she does not feel anybody in there. And then here comes April. She was never in that room. She was in another room. On the other side of the house. Mm -hmm. She's like, Mom, what are you doing in here? Yeah, I wasn't Mm -hmm. even in here. So where'd those clapping hands come from? Hmm. That night, Christine, a.k.a. Joey King, back in bed asleep. Now we have an aggressive foot pull. Like it pulls her across the bed. Yep. She wakes up. Could you imagine? No, it's my worst fear. She freaks out. She wakes up her sister because now she's been looking around. She looked under the bed. She looked all around. But she looks and she sees behind the door is like a shadowy, dark part of the room. Mm -hmm. Christine sees something. So she wakes up her sister. And her sister is like, I don't see anything. Her sister gets up out of bed, goes behind the door into that shadowy space, starts like waving her arms around. She's all, there's nothing here. But Christine is freaking the fuck out and then they both smell a rotten disgusting smell and christine is like 
it's right behind you. Mm-hmm. And she sees somebody right behind her sister. And then the door slams yeah. and locks. And both girls start screaming. Mom and dad run out of bed. They finally get behind the locked door to find both girls freaking out. They talk to Christine like, oh, it's probably just a bad dream. Probably woke up from a bad dream. Christine's like, no, I heard them. We were in this together. It talked to me and it said, quote, that they want her family dead. I want your family dead. So now there's another night. Dad's taken off now. Dad is apparently a truck driver. So we pick back up with mom. I did get the vibe that dad was like in and out a lot. Yeah. So mom's up late folding laundry, kind of doing chores, doing mom stuff. She's covered in bruises at this point. And then she hears giggles and clapping. So she's like, oh, the girls Girls. are up playing hide and clap. And so she goes to start kind of investigate and then she hears glass breaking and she goes to the stairwell to find that all of the family portraits that were hung in the stairwell have now crashed to the ground Mm -hmm. and are broken. Looking around because she obviously assumes there's an intruder, the cellar door opens on its own. So she goes to the cellar door to investigate. She gets a a bad vibe. She goes to leave and the door slams on her right in her face, knocking her down the cellar stores where she's cellar stairs. The c- cellar stairs. I said cellar stores. Mm-hmm. Knocking her down the cellar stairs where she's a little bit injured. She crawls back up the stairs and she finds the matches that her husband had left when he was investigating this cellar situation. Mm-hmm. She lights the matches over and over again, and then we see some hands clapping right right next to her ear, which shockingly freaks her the fuck out. Oh, I wonder. So she goes, she starts screaming, banging on the door. The door is locked. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, upstairs, little sister Sleepwalker is once again banging her head on this fucking wardrobe. And Andrea, badass big sister, stops her and goes, all right, fine. Instead of going back to your bed, you can sleep in my bed. So she, like, gets her away from there, gets her back in her own bed, turns around to whatever she's doing with the wardrobe. Mm -hmm. She's doing something. Little sis sits up and points and gasps. And big sister Andrea turns around. And now there's a demon woman straddling the top of the wardrobe and she jumps down from the wardrobe and attacks big sister Andrea. I don't remember that. Everyone's freaking out. Now, guess what? Dad comes home in the middle of the night from his week long truck drive to Florida. What a fun thing to come home to. Came home to fucking chaos. A house full of women and chaos. That's right. So he finds his wife first, gets her out of there. Heads upstairs to find the girls in their room. And now it looks like Andrea is basically having like a fit. Yeah. Because they can't see this ghost woman on top of her attacking her. So Andrea is just writhing and rolling around on the floor looking like a crazy person. Wow. Mom goes to the local. Ed and Lorraine are having one of their talks, one of their seminars. Mm -hmm. Mom goes to that and basically begs them for help. Okay. And they agree. 
and they show up with their team of people. There's an assistant, there's a cop, and them. So Lorraine comes in with her ESPN, her psychic abilities, and she realize she can mark right from the get something bad has happened here. Right. Um, the daughter shows her the music box. She plays the music box. She looks in the mirror. She actually sees Rory. Oh. So we know that there's some presence there. And then she goes out and she's checking out the grounds and she sees a woman's body hanging from a tree, from a noose in Mm -hmm. front of the pond. Yes. She comes back in the house and she gives the parent family the bad news. Mm. Which is not only has some bad shit happened here, but they have some like dark entities attached to them. Yep. And even if they leave the house, they can't get rid of these entities. Right. They're they're stuck stuck with them. And they're gonna need an exorcism, right? Ooh. So they start doing some research. They find out that the first woman who ever lived here ended up being declared a witch. She sacrificed her seven-day-old son, and then she hung herself before declaring herself, not before, she hung herself after declaring herself basically a a servant of Mm -hmm. Satan. Oh. And then she goes on to curse anybody who ever lives on her land. Okay. And then she hangs herself. Yep. After that, there's a history of landowners. It's such a big piece of property that they break it up after that happens into little subplots. Mm-hmm. And then there's a real history of the landowners of those subplots killing themselves and of their children dying. Oh, you know, no big deal. Totally cash, normal. All right. So now we have our team and Woo. we're setting up all kinds of stuff. We're setting up cameras and like thermal detectors and whatever all the paranormal activities paranormal investigators set up not much happens the first night you know a little bit of this and that not much happens the next day um lorraine and ed are super happy this is everything they ever dreamed of was having a family on like a piece of property in the country i don't blame them they're kind of living their fantasy right now who doesn't yeah Mm -hmm. everybody else is super happy and relaxed with relaxed with them being there they feel safe lorraine is taking the laundry off the line all the sheets off the line off the line and a storm starts to roll in, dark gray clouds, heavy winds, and it rips the sheets out. She's taking a sheet off, rips it out of her hands, and it forms the shape of a person in the middle of the air. And then it flies up to one of the upper windows of the house. And then it, the sheet falls, and Lorraine can see that there's now a woman standing in the window wow of the home wow so she runs into the house yeah now mom mom of the parent family Ooh. is taking a nap she wakes from her she wakes up from her nap with a woman straddling her pinning her down yep she wakes up with finger bruises emerging on her arms like someone's holding her down And then this demon-looking woman vomits blood into her mouth. 
And then she screams incessantly. I knew you were going to have that reaction to vomit's blood in her mouth. I'm dying. I'm dying. I know. I actually made a note that right. Bailey was going to have a hard time oh. with it. So Anyways. Lorraine runs I'll in. To that. Yeah. Lorraine runs in to find mom is actually in the bathroom and she waits for her to come out. She comes out and mom's like, oh, it's all good. I was just sleeping. I woke up. I didn't feel that great, but just I feel normal. Yeah. But I feel great now. And then normal Lorraine's things. like, that's sus as fuck. As fuck. As bitch. fuck. Yeah. That's super sus, bitch. Later that night, the police officer who is on their team is kind of hanging around, and he hears. He's so, one of my favorites. He is, and I didn't look up his actor name, but I have seen him in other things. He's salty as fuck and just like one of us. Yeah. So he sees some suspicious things on the porch, and he kind of hears some things. And he's investigating, and he hears a voice. Look what she made me do. And he looks around and then he sees an old timey looking ghost maid with blood coming out of her wrists. And then she screams, look at what she made me do. And she like attacks him and gets in his face and freaks him out. Right. Cool. 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 Great. So now little sister is sleepwalking again. Totally. She's sleepwalking all over the living room. She's headed up the stairs. She's triggering all of their cameras that they have set up for, like, whatever. Whatever triggers their cameras, she's triggering them. Trigger. But Ed is like, that's not her triggering them. We have them set up to only be triggered by these certain things. So somebody's with her. That's not her. That's That's not creepy as fuck. Somebody with her. Let her go. Let her walk. So she walks to the Could living you room. Imagine someone telling you, allow your child to just keep walking past these cameras with whatever fucking demons attached yeah. to her. And all the cameras are. Every, yeah. Fuck that noise. So she walks all the way upstairs. She walks, of course, back into Big Sis's room with the wardrobe. And so on her. Meanwhile, the assistant has ran down to put because they have microphones in all these rooms. So he puts on the headphones to listen to the room to see what's happening. And he hears a separate voice. Yeah. Say, follow me this way. This is where I hide. So he calls Ed and Lorraine down and they listen to it and they're like, oh, fuck. And they go up there. The door is locked. They have to break through the door. And when they get into the room. Where did they find her? The girl is gone. Yep. She's nowhere to be seen. The room is freezing cold. Like you can see your breath cold. So Ed calls for the UV light. He does the UV light all over the room. How cool UV lights must have been back in this time. How cool like, they are now. I know. Like how fucking significant the whole thing. So cool. Yeah. So Ed does his UV light and sees that there's a trail leading into this antique wardrobe that she's been banging her head on for days and days now. Right? Months for all we know. They've been there for fucking 10 years. For your part of the story, not for mine. They're looking in the wardrobe. They find like a secret panel. They open the secret panel to, like, they it shows this, like, secret hiding spot, almost, like, in between walls. 
that Rory used to hide. Okay. And now the daughter is hiding there. They get her out. Lorraine goes in and she finds all of Rory's old toys on yep. these shelves. And she sees a dust spot, a clean spot where the music box should go. She matches the music box up to it. And then she looks down and she sees a rope. And she starts pulling this rope to find out it's a noose. Oh, is there anything attached to the noose? No. But the minute she pulls it up and sees it's a noose, she falls through the, these floorboards, all the way through the house. Oh, fun. Into the haunted cellar. Good so she's now fallen through at least three floors, maybe four floors into this cellar. And then she hears a woman crying. And she looks over and she sees that this woman is crying and she's holding dead Rory's body. Ooh. And the woman's holding a bloody knife. The woman then says, she looks at her and she says, she made me do it. Then Lorraine sees the witch hanging. And then the witch kind of like attacks her, gets in her face. Lorraine finally makes it upstairs and she has seen through all these visions. She now knows what's going on. The witch is going to possess the mom to kill the children. And that's why the and mom. This is our Bathsheba. Bath, whatever her name is. Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little bit different in the movies, but yeah. I can't remember. It's just, it's just a little bit off. But she's saying that's why the mom has so many bruises because this witch, demon, whatever you want to call it, is attached to the is mom. Focusing on the mom. Oh. They go up to the living room. Crosses start to fall because Ed had placed crosses all over the living spaces because the parent family is not fucking religious the warrens Mm -hmm. the warrens are religious the parents are not or if they're not they're not enough Mm -hmm. so ed had put up all these crosses they all start to fall down then we look over and see one of the older girls older sisters nancy Hare starts to float up into the air and as soon as they're like oh fuck that's weird nancy's then grabbed by the hair Mm -hmm. and starts being tossed all over this living room she's thrown all over the place banging into shit slamming into shit no one can stop it until finally lorraine comes in with a set of sewing scissors and cuts her hair releasing her from whatever is holding her oh my gosh and she's free now the war the uh parent family wants to get the fuck out of there you think so they pack everybody up they head to a motel it can't be that simple though of course not the warrens are like yeah we definitely need an exorcism and we're gonna try to make that happen yeah before they leave the property lorraine is out back kind of just looking at the pond she sees her own daughter judy Floating dead in the pond and she freaks the fuck out. How could you not? She realizes it's just a vision or more importantly, a message. Doesn't matter. And she tells her husband, this is a warning. Something's going to happen. For sure, it's a warning. Whatever. Terrifying. I'm done. I tap out. 
Yeah, so they go see a priest. There's all this stuff about exorcism, whether or not the parents are, um, what is it, baptized. Sure. Blah, 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 blah. We skip to the Warren house where young Judy Warren is asleep. And we see, so when her mom, Lorraine, went through all of that stuff in the cellar, she lost her necklace. This necklace that Judy had given her. Yes, a It has, like, a mm-hmm. picture of them. Great. It's a locket. Lorraine loses this. Yes. But Judy still has hers. It's hanging up next to her bed. So now we're in the Warren household. Judy's asleep. Her grandmother is asleep who's watching over mm-hmm. her. Her necklace starts to spin in circles. And then Judy gets the same type of foot tug that the parent sister has. Christine has. She wakes up. She's a little scared. She wants her mom and dad. So she goes downstairs to look for her mommy and daddy. Sure. She looks in their museum of oddities. I'm out of my fucking bed if I feel something like that. Right. Okay. But yeah, let's go downstairs casually no big deal she goes to the museum of oddities oh yeah looking for her mom and dad nothing's in there no one's in there it's to be noted annabelle is out of her case (gasps) but judy doesn't see that she comes out of the museum and then all the lights in the house start to flicker off Mm mm-hmm And she ends up in her room and she sees a rocking chair. And in the rocking chair is the witch holding Annabelle, brushing Annabelle's hair. Damn. And they're rocking back and forth. And Judy is freaked the fuck out. And cue the scariest part of the whole movie. So Judy tries to get out of the room. The door is locked. She starts screaming. You think? Her grandma finds her. Tries to get her out. She can't open the door. And now the witch and Annabelle are both looking at her. No. All of this is going on as Ed and Lorraine are pulling up to the house in a hurry because Lorraine had had that warning that she saw Judy in the pond. They pull up to fucking chaos. Yeah. Screaming and thumping and banging. And Ed gets in there. He breaks down the door. He grabs Judy and moves her out of the way just as the rocking chair slams into the wall that Judy was just standing in front of. And she would have been dead, if not horrifically injured. Dad got her out of the way in the nick of time. Yeah. And then he goes at he calms her down and then he goes and looks in his museum and Annabelle is still in the case. Oh, yeah. So that's all. That's very real sus right there. Real sus. So now we're back at the motel with the Perrin family. Dad pulls up in his, I think they're in a station wagon, mm-hmm. with the assistant who's still there hanging out with them. Dad pulls up. The girls run out, freaked out, talking to him. Mom took off with Christine and April in the car Mom smelled like rotten meat. Wow. And they all ran off. What? So dad calls Ed and Lorraine. Ed tells them, get to the house. Get to the house right now. This is bad. Yeah. So Ed and Lorraine finally get there with with the cop. The cop is with them. And they open the door to just screams and chaos and anarchy. Oh. 
They find mom is holding Christine, um, trying to kill her with these like no. sharp pair of no. like um, embroidery scissors or like fabric scissors held to her throat. Dad and the assistant are doing everything they can to hold her back. It's taking oh. all of their strength to keep her from killing her own daughter. Meanwhile, April is missing. They can't find little sister April. So once Ed and Lorraine get there and take over the mom, the assistant goes off to try to find little April. The mom is possessed as fuck. Yeah. Whatever you think of as possessed, she's doing that shit. She is everything. She's moving inanimate objects. She's... Speaking in tongues no one's ever heard of. Right. She's making movements that should be breaking her bones. And you just hear all of her bones cracking and breaking. She's vomiting and spitting up blood. At one point, she's levitating off the ground because they finally, like, tied her to a chair with a sheet over her. Yeah. Because she bit a piece of the cop's face off. So they had to put a sheet over her and, like, tie her to a chair. All right. I got to ask you. The movie Face Off. Okay. It's so fucking good. Do you like it? I liked it in 97 or whatever that came out. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. It's so stupid. Take your face off. (laughs) Okay. That's it. All right. Perfect. That was it. Anywho, she's biting off faces. Yeah. Oh, biting off faces. Anthony Hopkins style. She's tied up to chairs. Floating, levitating, levitating, going upside down, making weapons fly across the room Woo! and like hurt people. We're people getting are getting it. injured. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine and hubby and cop. They're getting fucked, fucked up. Fucked up. Mm. Meanwhile, assistant's still trying to find the daughter. Yeah. He finally finds her. Amateur. She's. He finds her. I know. I'm just being a dick. He finds her underneath the kitchen floor. So he starts hacking away at the kitchen floor. He finds her down there. But guess what? What? He calls out. I found her. She's down here. Well, possessed mom hears that too. Uh, and all she course. wants to do is kill her children. Of course. So she scurries away, scurry. scampers scamper. into there to find her daughter. with, And she's got her sewing scissors. They separate the two. And... Ed basically tells the dad, you have to talk to your wife and tell her to fight from the inside. Mm-hmm. And that's what dad does. And he talks to her. Lorraine supplies her with these pleasant memories of them at, at them as a family at the beach. Yeah. You said that mm-hmm. you would always love them. You would never hurt them. Right. Ed's putting his two cents in and everyone's working collectively until finally... The demon leaves the mom's body. Yeah. Mom gets back to normal. The wounds start to go away. Everyone moves back to normal. Ed and Lorraine go back home. They have the weird music box with them, which Ed puts on one of the shelves and he walks out of the room. And then what do we see, B? The music box opens up and starts playing on its own. Oh, And you see in the mirror, Annabelle in her case. I don't remember this at all. And the movie ends. Wow. Amaze. 
So there you go, I the don't conjuring. That at all. Well, cheers, bitch. Ooh. You did it, babe. I forgot a bunch of stuff. Well, I enjoyed it. Ooh. I haven't looked at my notes in about three pages. That's fun. Anyways, there you go, the conjuring. Great. So my score of the week was different before I heard the case. I know. Good as it should be. I, I'll stick with this. I was going to give it a solid three. I had really thought that the movie was going to be just like the case because Lorraine had said that she approved of everything before they made the movie. Even the actors went and spent time with Lorraine Agreed. in their home I know. to find, to see how Lorraine, like her mannerisms, and how I she think, dressed. So to be fair, I think they did do fair to Ed and Lorraine's character, mm-hmm. right? As far as Ed and Lorraine are portrayed and their history and their story, I do believe that is accurate. So if that's what she's accrediting to... Then I do. I, f- I understand what she's saying. As far as the movie, they still had to tell, like, a scary story. They still had to make a movie. Yeah. And so if we're talking about how scary it is. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three knives. Yeah. I, th- I think a three is justified. Now, part of what made it scarier for me is I was watching it alone at night. Yes. My kids were in bed. My husband was in a bed asleep. Mm-hmm. It was just me. And then my three-year-old has had a hard time sleeping lately. So she would wake up and be crying and stuff. And all of those things, being late at night, in the dark, crying children. You're like, oh, it's more creepy. So maybe a 3.5 if you're watching it alone at night. A three-knife review, I feel like, is solid. So for me, what I always appreciated about the movies is even though I wasn't necessarily scared in the moment, I'd be... It's like a lingering effect. And it did have a lingering effect when on me. When you get into your bed, yeah, you tuck your shit in. That's, yeah, It's that's... not a night that you're going to be letting your feet dangle off the side. Like, no, when you go to bed that <laughs> night, you're tucking in tight. And Especially you're... when it's based on a true story. Yeah. Yes, and that is true. And that's I what actually... I look forward to is that lingering effect. I actually watched it two nights in a row. I got two thirds of the way into it. We got into the really scary parts and my youngest daughter woke up crying mm-hmm. and I got her settled back down. But then my oldest one, 11 years old, was up. And I'm like, well, I can't watch it with her. So I'm like, well, we're going to take a conjuring break and watch Survivor. And then I did that the second night where I had to finish watching it. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. But I'm going to watch Survivor afterwards to like a palate cleanser. Right. No. So for instance. A reset. I watched the newest one last night. By myself, Nick was playing his little games. LOL. And when I went to bed, I have to walk down that hallway. That dark Terrifying. fucking hallway to the end where my bedroom is. And across is our child. So it's like, oh, God, anything's possible. So that I knew 
right then and there. Like, that's a good movie. If I'm getting up to go to bed and I'm looking down the hall and I'm like, oh, fuck. It's like, it's because of that movie. Yeah. Any other night. I'm not thinking that. So. Amen. While it's not a horror movie, it's still, it's, it's giving me the tingles. It's giving me the feels. And that's all I can really ask for. So I do. I get those from the Conjuring movies and that's why I give them my props. They give me the tingles and the feels and all that. And I do. I fucking love Ed and Lorraine. I am so obsessed with Ed and Lorraine. I mean, I I get Mm. like what the parent family might be saying. Like shit didn't work out for them. But like. What more can they do? Yeah. And spoiler alert, for instance, in the new one. It's 1981 or whatever, and so they're trying to convince the jury not to give this kid um, the murder sentence and, like, to understand, like, no, it was, like, a demonic possession, which was non-existent at the time, right? Like, no one even believes that, and they did not win. Like, it, it didn't happen. Okay. They were just like, no, like, you people are fucking crazy, like... Even though they had what they considered to be proof. It's like no one wants to actually consider it to be proof. I just love them for how much proof they do have. Their whole museum, all of their... Everything. Just how devoted they were to all of it throughout their whole life. Because something that came up in the newest movie is like Ed's having heart attacks at the time. And it's like he, he refused to just sit back and not be a part of it. He's like, fuck that. No, like I'm going to be there. Same with the first Conjuring. I left out of all of my notes. But Lorraine had had a bad experience with a previous exorcism. And it like knocked her on her ass for a long time. Yeah. She saw something and Ed had said that she was never the same. And she was locked in her room for eight days mm-hmm. with no, like she didn't like eat, anything. she didn't socialize, drink, mm-hmm. whatever. And he said that she was never the same after that. Yeah. And he actually would beg her not to do this during The Conjuring. Right. And she was like, no, God put us together for a reason. And this is our job. This is what we're here to do. I know. They're incredible. We love them. them. Check them out on IG on our Instagram. We'll have pictures of them. So clearly we're not believers. We don't believe in any of it. No, of course not. Skeptics. Um, Our look of the week is up to me because we switched roles this week, but I have not had time. So to... We're going to take pictures and we're going to post gonna them. do our best. Right now, we're not in any looks of the week. I'm I in. have a look. Bitch, you got talk a look. about my look. You, got, you have on your Friday the 13th. That's my newest. Bitches be tripping. Right. My newest edition with my bestie earring. Hey, hey. Her Friday the 13th earrings. All right. So I came in on my, my zombie. Look, she came prepared. She was ready for this. Zombie socks because they match the color scheme. And I will say on Instagram, we had a suggestion from a fan. <gasps> yes, a fan, Bailey. Oh! She suggested that we do the case where um, people were, what were they, like ingesting bath salts yeah. in Florida yeah. and then biting people's faces off. Do I get to do bath salts? I don't know, but she said that'd be a really fun one for like a zombie movie mm. bath salts reality situation. So I'm sure we'll do that and we will credit you when we actually do it. 
I can't wait to do bath salts. I can't wait to do <laughs> bath salts. Anyways. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I cannot end. I know. I'm not. Hold on. Okay. Cool your beans, okay. man. So our look of the week, we will be taking a picture of tomorrow, which will be Sunday. It'll be here for our up, our upload yeah. on Tuesday on yeah. IG, THC podcast on Instagram. Hope nobody else not has that name. Not to be confused name. with... So, I can't end our last episode without talking about Married at First Sight. All right, let's go. Have you finished? No, I haven't watched any of it. So, then give me predictions because I finished it and that's all we need to talk about. Okay, you have to remind me of who's who. I will. I'll give you a little a little update. Give me a, give me a rundown of who's who and I'll give you a prediction. So, let's remind you that season 11 is COVID lockdown, right? So, shutdowns production for like the first time in history Whoa. for the show Whoa. which results in the couples having to be together like too much longer than normal right before they actually do the finale and uh-huh. they have to do their own recording and all this shit and so we have Olivia and Bennett our favorites no sorry Olivia and Brett. Oh, I know. No, Amelia. Amelia and Bennett. Are, that, yes. That pregnant pause really threw me off. No, Olivia and Brett. Right. With the dark brown hair. Yes. She hates her husband. Yes. Obviously, they don't stay together. They do not. Of course. And, not. and they break it off in like before you can even break it off, like early into the thing. They're like, no, we're into the pandemic. We're done. Hey, guess what? I just spilled. I just I can't wait. Not a lot. It's a Doesn't little bit. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The B spill of the week has been replaced by the M spell of the week. Ah, well, we did switch places. It's fitting. That's right. It's fitting. One year. Here we go. All right. Christina and Henry. Is that the guy who's obsessed with his house? No. Christina and Henry, the one, the girl that no one likes. The one who hates the producers? Yeah. That's who I thought we were just talking about. No, Olivia and Brett were uh, the short brown hair and... (sighs) It's been so long. I'm like trying to figure out why they're all significant. (laughs) Who hates their house? Who loves their house and hates it? So Olivia and Brett is the guy with the house. Okay, that's the guy who owns this house. He's obsessed yes, with it. and she's not. No, and they're fine. And she's like, eh, this house no. is kind of run down. Yeah. She hates her husband. She yes. hates the producers. Exactly. She hates everybody. Yes, they're two different people. So yes. So that's that that girl and Henry. Um, Don't make it. So, well, no, what gets even crazier is she alleges to have gotten a text from a male friend telling her that he is not only gay, oh. but also having an affair behind her back. Her husband? Yeah. So that whole thing ends up real nasty. D- is he gay? We don't know. None of that ever comes out, but he denies, 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 and their whole thing just becomes a mess. Baby, live your truth. If you're gay, just let it be. I know. So, yes, Amelia and Bennett. What do you think happens? They stay together forever and have a million babies. 
So, I need to prepare you. No, I don't want to do it. She drops a fucking bombshell. She's pregnant. The night before decision day. That the only reason she signed up for any of this is because she thought it was cool to be on a reality TV show. What? She was not in this for love. What? She knew that she was so easygoing. No. That it didn't matter no. who they'd paired her up with. That God damn it. No, I know. It broke my heart. I'm going to cry. No, I know. I made you cry twice tonight. Oh, my God. And it's not like in the cunty way, but like Ben. It doesn't matter. No, I know it's bad. We were supposed to be together forever. Boo! It's bad. So he's like, "You're really, you're gonna drop this on me." The he night turned his back on all of his friends and family because he's like, "No, this is really working. This is well, really the one." Well, guess what? He gets a fucking tattoo for her, and they they live happily ever after. They're that. still together. Kind of. According to what's on limited social media, because neither of them's really into that, it appears that they're still together. The last Instagram live he did, he's like, oh, yeah, she's out of town doing this and I'm doing that. Who knows? It's it's to be said. But but we're going to assume that they are still together. Yes. Oh, my God. What uh, a roller coaster. I know. Oh I know. I know. That's why we had to end I our anniversary never, with I this. I had so much more hope than I did between those two. Miles and Christine. Or, no. Miles and Karen. Um, still together. They stay together. Yeah, they're yeah. still together. And they have like a YouTube. Yeah, they're still yeah, together. I they're... could see that. Because she very much reminds me of the woman a few um, seasons the, yeah. ago. She just needs time it's to warm, warm. up. Mm-hmm. She's got to get, she, you know, you got to get the motor running. You got to yeah. get time to warm and up. Could, do we even need to talk about Woody and Armani? My favorite. Oh, do we egg. even need to talk about Woody and You mean the so new Shawnees and Jeff D? They are so fucking hot together. Just I the love way it. they flaunt their love. Okay. And they are together Ooh, and so I love it it wouldn't have been fitting to not have our one year anniversary oh, and not talk about end the season 11 right like to really like wrap that yeah. up wrap this up wrap up a whole year babe. Uh, season one is over a whole year <laughs> a whole year it's been looking at those pictures it has been a wild fucking year what are we doing a whole lot of nothing, but it's doing ridiculous. It great. It's like, so fun having the most fun and just being the best at it. And well, if you have listened at all to in the one, past year, to two, to all, to 44, 45. Been, what is it? What are we? I, I mean, you want me to look it up? I think we're at 45. I think, okay, that's a nice number. I like 45. Well, there's 50 weeks in a year, B. So if we wouldn't have taken, I, no, we're not perfect. No, Wham. but what I'm saying is, if we wouldn't have taken a couple of weeks off, we, we would have hit it. fifty at a year. I know we would have nailed it, but we did not nail it because we are us, mm-hmm. and that's just how we do business. Mm-hmm. So if we, if you have listened this far, thank you so much. And that's why we're here, and that's what we come back for. That's right. And we're so happy you're here. We can't wait to do at least 
we got so much more than we another knew. six months. Yeah, between TikTok and Lifetime and all. I already have a couple in the bank. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I think we've got, we can keep this going. I feel it. One more year? I do. I think we can keep it going. One more year. One more year. I'm confident. We we got this in the bag. Okay. You hear that? B is the sensible one. Right. I don't like magic. I'm confident that I don't like magic, (laughs) but I can see us doing another year. All right. One more year. You have our commitment. We'll figure it out. Um, to see all pictures from this week's episode, we are on Instagram, THC podcast, anything else you want to talk about, you know, slide in my DMs, baby. Hey, (laughs) that's how I made a dinner reservation recently. So yeah, slide in my DMs and we are always taking like, um, requests, requests, ideas. Yeah, no, lay it on us. Bring you it up. Th- you bring think it of in. something. Hit us. Hit, hit us up. You want to see me in an outfit? Lay it on us. That's right. And we love you and we thank you and we will see you next time. Hey. Bye, cunts. Happy anniversary. Happy Annie. Ay, ay, ay.